Engage XR Holdings PLC is a virtual reality software company. It's listed in London and Ireland and it has been there since 2018. Well, four years on, it's focused on the deployment of the metaverse. Well, to find out what that means for the metaverse, for the company and investors, we're joined by the Chief Executive, David Whelan. A warm welcome to you, David. But first of all, what is the metaverse? And what is your company's solution? Yeah, so um, it's fantastic to be here. The metaverse is very simply the evolution of how we communicate online. So when you look at the internet today, the internet is flat pages full of text and it's video. So everything is very flat. So think of it like reading a book where the metaverse is, it's a 3D spatial location where it's like walking into a hotel lobby and walking around and physically meeting people and having conversations. So it's a different way to communicate and you really feel like you're in these locations. So each business or company in the future will have their own metaverse, which they completely control, which can be branded locations, could be museums, it could be stadiums, where you can go in and meet business representatives. And think of it very much like um, building a real life uh, city. So imagine, um, you're walking down uh, High Street in London, you know, and you see the HSBC building as an example. You as the public can walk into the lobby area, meet representatives, but then they might have private areas where they do business, kind of like up the elevator and into the meeting rooms. And that's what the metaverse is going to be like, where you physically walk around these locations. But it sounds like the grown up version of Minecraft to me. So who, you know, who are your customers and is my analogy wrong? Um, no, it's it's a really good analogy. So Minecraft's been around for you know 10, 15 years. So the kids who grew up grew up on Minecraft are now going into business and starting to run their own businesses. You know, so this is how you know the internet and how the metaverse evolves. You know, the internet back in the day as well. Um, originally, it was between universities as a way of communication. Then it started to take off in video games when you had networked video games, and then it became a useful tool for business. The metaverse is, is very similar where, you know, um, in the early days, it was primarily video games and communication. Now it's going to evolve more and more into business. And we're providing a platform on Engage where businesses themselves and a framework where they can build whatever they want in their own likeness and they can host it, you know, privately if they want. They can have the general public walk around inside the platform as well. So and I think the word engage we want it to become you know um, very synonymous with online communication where people today say hey i'll zoom you later or i'll skype you later in the next three years we want people to say hey let's engage and that's really where we want the platform to be okay so meta has announced its plans for the mm -hmm. metaverse so how does what you offer differ so with meta um when Mark Zuckerberg announced his plan and um, there, I think it would have been about 12 months ago, he announced, hey, we have this joint platform where you can do everything. You can do dating, you can do education, you can do socializing. And um, it was a really large grand vision and it was very much tailored for a younger audience. And you could see that in the design where the avatars are very um, cartoony um, in places because he knows his audience, you know, he's with Facebook as well, like you need new users coming on, you need younger user, users coming on and they have a platform called Facebook Horizons and that's really what they're pushing. Where we're coming from is that we see the metaverse very similar to the internet where it won't just be one platform, it'll be a collection of different platforms providing different services. So you're going to have 
a metaverse for dating. You're going to have a metaverse for video games. You're going to have a metaverse for, you know, different applications. But when people talk about enterprise use cases and education, we want them talking about engage. And the reason why um, we feel engage is in a really good place is we are the only um, metaverse platform with ISO security certification. We have uh, private hosting options for people, and we we're not um, um, say we don't have a lot of trolls in the system. And what trolls are are if you go into a lot of those other platforms, and there's quite a few of them out there, and um, they were primarily based on video games and designed for kids. Very quickly, when you're inside one of those metaverse platforms, you're going to be standing next to a 12 or 14 year old kid screaming abuse at you, and it's crazy. You know, whereas we've come from uh, an education background originally, where security has been um a huge you know a huge concern for us you know we've designed a platform around security and features where people can, fa- can feel very very safe so this is why companies like htc and kia and fidelity and 3m are using us for professional events and even facebook themselves use us for professional events as well which i, I think is very telling so i'm just wondering how you're going to address the security concerns that you've brought up there i mean do you need a whole team of moderators or can this be done by artificial intelligence yeah there's a lot of stuff that can be done which is very automated so one of the key things you can do is when you're in the metaverse there's a digital representation of you a virtual version of you walking around inside um, the virtual space so what you can do is set boundaries so if you're within two or three feet of somebody you can actually make your avatar and that person's avatar disappear. So they're never, you know, in really close contact, you know, so you don't invade someone's personal boundary. Another thing you can do as well is you can turn off VIP communication for free users if you want, or you can actually um, ban users from your own meta world. But one of the key things um, and um, that I think is going to come is with NFTs. So there's a lot of um, publicity right now about NFTs, cryptocurrency. They're not all the same thing. It's not all the metaverse. You know, they can be utilized within the metaverse, but it's not the metaverse. The metaverse is a new way of communicating. But where NFTs will be valuable um, is the technology for verification. So me as a virtual avatar, um, when I go into Engage or when I go into um, different meta world spaces, people recognize me because they can see my avatar. They know it's me. And um, the last thing that I want is somebody copying my avatar and then going into the metaverse and then saying all oh, crazy racist stuff, you know, the same as having maybe an evil twin in the physical world going off doing a load of crazy stuff and me getting the blame for it. Where NFTs can become very valuable is when you log into the metaverse and you could use your camera or there's eye tracking in some of these headsets, you could do a facial scan and can recognize, hey, this is David sitting at this terminal. Let's go and fetch his avatar, which is an NFT on the blockchain and then verified and then brought onto the metaverse. So I know there's only one version of my avatar walking around. So that's one way where NFTs can be very valuable. Whereas I think this um, this trick of buying clip arts and you know JPEGs for 50000 or $100,000, that's crazy money. That's not really adding any value. So what? there's a lot of investors watching and listening to this interview. So what are you saying to them? Are you, are you telling them to embrace the tech associated with NFTs, but don't buy them? And um, the tech behind NFTs is very important. Like we've seen one of the first use cases has been digital art, you know, but buying digital art is very different, you know, so a JPEG and a copy of a JPEG is exactly the same. There really is no difference, you know, 
whereas when you buy a real life painting up on a wall you know and then someone takes a photograph of that painting it's nice that you have the photograph and it looks similar but the painting is different because you can see the texture and you can feel the you know feel the texture that's the difference between a real life physical art installation and an, an nft even with cryptocurrency as well i know it's very volatile at the moment it's very hard to base your business on a cryptocurrency where the volatility is massive whereas you know, you could wipe off 50% or 90% of the value of the business if it's all based on cryptocurrency very quickly, based on maybe Elon Musk putting a tweet out and saying, hey, go buy one cryptocurrency over, over another. However, the technology behind it is really important. When you can walk into a physical shop location like Starbucks, as an example, and buy a cup of coffee or, you know, use it for everyday services and cryptocurrency becomes very stable absolutely that's going to be the currency of choice you know in the metaverse in the future between different worlds because it doesn't matter where you're located in the world the same as online if you have a standardized currency that's accepted globally that's the one that's going to win out but what you're offering doesn't allow people to go anywhere physically and buy a, a cup of coffee so i'm just wondering you know the metaverse it allows people to be able to engage in virtual workplaces is that good for mental well-being? And, you know, what about obesity issues? Yeah, so there's actually lots of fitness apps in uh, virtual reality reality as well. And VR, um, and VR isn't the metaverse either. VR is just a way that you can connect into the metaverse. But if you are using a VR headset, you're actually standing up, you're walking around, you're active, you're shaking people's hands. You're not sitting down in a chair all day you know, looking at a, at a video camera and just answering emails, you are quite a lot um, more active. But I think one of the, the, the greatest benefits for um, using VR or virtual spaces is actually in uh, the psychology of your work workforce. So with 3M as an example, um, 3M came to us um, in the, at the height of COVID and they had an issue with um, new employees not feeling like they were part of the organization you know, and they were churning through a lot of new employees. And the reason being is that they didn't have that um, office connection where, you know, new employees would come into the office, they would feel like they're part of the organization, you know, and they'd make friends and they'd end up staying at the company long-term, you know, whereas what was happening when the interview was done over Zoom and, you know, they were, they were just answering emails, they felt they were, they were a number and they weren't valued, you know, as an employee. Whereas what 3M have created is a metaverse called 3M Home, where they've onboarded a lot of their new employees through 3M Home, you know, to get a, a like a better feel for the company. And actually, as part of 3M Home, you start off in a, in a cave and you see these two 3M employees mining a mineral and the mineral turns to dust and they're there scratching their head going, what are we going to do with this? And one of them picks up the dust and, and puts it on some sticky paper and they invent sandpaper. So that was the birth of the company. And as you walk through the cave, you meet, um, you know, HR representatives who are logged in and they guide you through the experience and then you meet other new employees. So they actually get that onboarding experience, which really helps. And then they do stand-ups and meetings inside virtual reality as well. The same as, as most of my meetings actually with my staff. We've, um, when the pandemic started, we had about 45 or 50 staff. Today we have 110 staff, but I haven't met any of these new staff physically. We meet them all every day in VR, you know, do our stand-up sessions and our planning meetings, you know, so it really helps I think the psychology of the workers, they feel a lot happier and they feel more connected than just being on a, on a Zoom screen every day. And it also sounds very good for their core strength as well. But you've been mentioning a lot of company names that I'm not familiar with, which makes me wonder 
about the competition, do you view, do you, do you consider that there is credible competition to what you do? Competition is fantastic. You know, everybody has a different idea about the, what, what the metaverse is going to be in the future. So you put 10 so-called metaverse experts in a room, they'll give you 10 different answers for what the metaverse is going to be um, in the future. You know, no one really knows, which is what's exciting um, about this space. But we are making a bet where, you know, I think there's going to be more remote work in the future. They're going to need better ways of communication than video. Um, education as well is broken in, in many ways where the best educators in the world are only accessible to rich people. You know, um, I know we're very lucky living in, in the UK and Ireland where our education system is really, really strong. But if you live in the USA and you want to go to university, it's going to cost you $300,000 to get a university education. So a lot of people end up joining the military to get an education. That's a broken system. You know, having access to some of the great, greatest educators. As an example, you could do physics and virtual MIT in the morning and then English literature in Oxford University in the afternoon from the comfort of your own home at a fraction of the cost. Those are the kinds of things that we're going to see in the metaverse. We're going to see professional services and events as well. So a lot of the events that were cancelled during COVID, a lot of these events are trying to come back, but a lot of the smaller events um, cannot come back because they didn't have enough money to last. So you'll have some of the, the bigger events, but these events can be held in VR. And that's what we've been running on quite a regular basis where you can get up and physically walk around a virtual exhibit hall and have a private hallway conversation with a sales representative or someone else from another business. That's something you can't do on video where the video events were a thousand people logged in or watching a PowerPoint presentation. That's, that's not why people go to events. It's those one-off conversations which spark business. That's something that um, we've shown that we can do, you know, on a weekly basis on the platform. So that sounds very inclusive, but do you include or exclude the regulators? Reg regulators are always two steps behind. I'm just wondering in terms of regulation, are regulators investigating what you do? Could this be a challenge to growth or are you educating the regulators? We are educating the, the regulators as well. So what we're providing here is different. So we're not um, we're not gathering or harvesting data, you know, from, from users on the platform. What we're providing is a service for enterprise clients to build their own meta worlds, whatever way they see, see fit. So as an example, um, if you were going to online banking and you're signing up for the terms and conditions and you know there's a level of security with online banking and you're using the service on the, on, on the website, the same way we could provide a banking service to any business in the world where they can have a, a metaverse bank where you can physically walk into and sit down with a representative and ask them about uh, mortgage services. You know, it's the people who build these metaverses, they will regulate themselves and how they deal with their customers' data. You know, we're not there to um, advertise to people, we're actually there to, you know, provide platforms, meaningful platforms for people to generate revenue. Um, through the metaverse and the way they'll generate revenue is if you're holding a professional event you can charge a fee for that event we'll take a percentage of that and um, if you want to um, provide professional services or subscription services to access the meta world like in the education settings again we will take a percentage of that transaction as well or if you're selling 3d objects or locations again we can take a percentage so there's lots of ways that this will um, um, generate revenues for the business in the long term but really we're at the foundation steps right now where we're educating businesses as well as regulators on 
this is how we see the metaverse going and here's what people are doing today. And we have some fantastic clients, as I was saying, um, 3M, you know, um, Unilever, Kia, BMW, Fidelity Investments, BMW. These are really large organizations who are using engaged services, you know, on a very regular basis. Right. So you're talking about revenue generation there. I'm just wondering, ultimately, how investors can make money. You know, is, is your business cash generative is, or is everything being sunk into development costs at this stage of your tech's evolution? No, we're generating revenue and the, the revenue is accelerating um, and um, it will continue to accelerate um, into the future. And I think the conversations that we're having now are very similar to the conversations of when the internet, you know, was becoming popular in the late 90s. People were scratching their heads going, how are we going to um, make money out of this? You know, and almost every job today is associated some way on the internet. You know, you get delivery services, you have e-commerce. This will be the same way. There'll be e-commerce through the metaverse as well. But instead of, um, you know, just a shopping page, it'll be a shopping experience where you might go into a, like a BMW showroom, as an example, sit in the car, you know, have a look around, maybe take it for a virtual spin, you know, before you actually go into maybe a real um, showroom and, and sit down in the real car, you know, so you're giving people different experiences that maybe they could not access, you know, or maybe it's a Ferrari uh, car as an example where people have aspirations to own a Ferrari at some stage, but hey, maybe you're going to drive around the virtual version first. I want to know a little bit about you. You're obviously proudly Irish. You've given a hat tip to the Irish education system, but how did the business start? I mean, I know you were the last company to list on the Irish Stock Exchange before it was integrated into Euronext. So I'm just wondering whether you have the, the, the luck of the Irish, but you know, how did it, how did it start? Who'd, who believed in you? Uh, you make your own look, you know, um, you just have to be in the right place and then you have to execute once an opportunity um, arrives. So in my own background, um, I was absolutely broke eight, nine years ago um, after the, the recession. So I had a web development company and when 2008 hit, you know, there was um, nobody making new websites or branding or anything like that. We actually started, myself and my wife started the business on a thousand euro loan from my sister. So when the original Oculus Rift, which is a VR headset, went on Kickstarter, a prototype of it, that week I happened to have two, three hundred dollars. I, I sponsored the Kickstarter and I got a development kit. And as soon as I put it on my face, I turned around to my wife, Sandra, and said, this is this is this is the future. You know, this is going to be massive. I need to get into it in some way. And I tried to make my own VR app. Um, but I'm a really poor uh, web, or not web developer, really poor programmer. And I tried to make an app and it was rubbish. So I went back to what I do best, which was creating websites. And I created a content review website called Virtual Reality Reviewer, which got me in contact with all the leading players in America. And as I was reviewing content, I was looking at it going, right, these roller coasters and zombie shooters, they're interesting, but this is so much more. And I pitched an idea to one of the developers to make an education experience called Apollo 11. And I asked him how much would it cost to create a demo? And he said it would be $10,000. I didn't have a hundred euros in the bank. So I went off and I got a loan of a thousand dollars to buy assets for him to create the first prototype demo. And he sent me back a really rough version of it. And when I got it, I put it on Kickstarter. And that's how we got our initial 40,000 um, um, euros um, within 30 days. And it became a global bestseller. It's after selling over 250,000 copies to date and generating millions um, for the business. Um, but 
that was really the, the beginning um, of the business. So we've really um, grown quickly. And as you said, yes, we, we um, were the last company ever to list on the Irish Stock Exchange before it changed over to Euronext. And we listed on London in London in uh, about three, three and a half, four years ago. So it's been a, an interesting journey, to say the least. Have you paid your sister back yet? Um, I have, but I, 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 I look after her. Um, there's, there's no worries about that. But um, yeah, it's, it, it's been, a, it's been a, an amazing journey. And it's, you know, it's not all smooth sailing either. You know, there's, there's humps and, and, and along the way. But, you know, we, we definitely um, get through things anyway. So you learn along the way. I'm just wondering if what you've learned in the last four years is preparing you to transcend um, to another listing, perhaps in the in the US, where I know you're targeting growth. Uh, it could be a possibility. Uh, it's it's not something um, we've looked at seriously yet, but it's um, the US obviously is a place where tech companies are, are you know, um, very much um, followed. You know, I, I know. Um, here in the UK and in Europe as well, you know, tech companies can sometimes struggle a little bit, but we are funded um, right now and we are growing as well. You know, we do have a path to profitability, you know, so who knows what the future is going to bring. You've mentioned your wife, Sandra, you mentioned your sister, but, you know, great entrepreneurs need mentors. They also need retail and institutional backing. Do you have mm-hmm. plenty of both? We do actually. Most of our um, most of our investment has come from institutional investors. You know, uh, Octopus Investments actually one of the bigger ones. You know, uh, special shout out to those guys. They really backed us. You know, from the very beginning, been a very strong supporter. Um, Shark Capital as well have been a very strong uh, supporter um, from us. But I think when I went over to pitch, you know, to list on the London Stock Exchange originally, and when I walk into the the presenters' rooms. I definitely think I'm very different to maybe a lot of the polished presentations and they would see if somebody asked me a question and I don't know the answer, I'll just be hands up straight. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not going to try give them a, like a, like a, a BS answer at all, you know? So I do think they, they like that honesty and they, they back the person, you know, cause when I was walking into those guys in 2018, 2019, they were going, who's this crazy Irish guy, like living in the arse end of nowhere with this crazy idea. I don't even know what the metaverse is. And that's what I was pitching four years ago, but now the market is coming to us. So what I've been saying the last five, six years even, and what we've been building up to over the last three or four years, now people are starting to see it and now they're starting to see the market. So like in the next three years, it's going to be massive, the metaverse, you know, and how many metaverse uh, companies are out there and how many can you invest in? There's not that many, you know, and I think a lot of the, hype we've seen around these metaverse platforms where they're selling virtual land at huge absorbent prices that's crazy you know like imagine 25 years ago if tim who invented the internet uh, another uk guy um if he turned around and said there'll only ever be a thousand domains on the internet very quickly three or four of the biggest businesses in the world would own all the internet that's what we're seeing with some of these metaverse platforms right now we're not Anybody can go on the metaverse, you know, you can build your own business in the metaverse. Why would you stifle opportunity by limiting the amount of uh, space on, on the metaverse? And that's something that we're very much dead, dead set against. I hear what you're saying in very plain English, but I'm just wondering about the market. The market is being buffeted by the very real and present danger of recession. Is your company and the tech recession proof? Um, 
well, it's, it's not affecting us yet anyway, I'll, I'll put it that way. We're actually accelerating, we're getting busier. Um, so we're, we're hiring more staff as things stand to make sure that we can actually, you know, keep up with demand. A lot of these businesses are looking for ways to reduce costs. And one of the ways to reduce costs is um, to hire remote staff, you know, um, in less expensive places. Because when you hire staff in London, you have to pay them a certain amount so they can live in London because the, the, the rents there are absolutely, you know, massive. You know, whereas, again, with the 3M example, when you can hire people in, in anywhere in the world, you know, but you still want to make them feel like they're part of the organization, you know, using a metaverse, for onboarding and for communication really makes sense. The same with events as well. So a lot of these companies might have had budgets to spend on sending um, their marketing people around to events, but those events are very expensive. Like even for a small startup, an event in say Bet Conference as an example for a small store there. I went there a few years ago. That cost us a hundred thousand euros. That's a lot of money, you know, um, for for a lot of a lot of companies. Whereas they can hold a virtual event at a fraction of the cost but actually get the same output from it where they've sparked up new business. That's where they're going to look at metaverse platforms, you know, so there's a lot of opportunity um, for us. And I think there'll be continued opportunity, accelerated opportunity, actually, in fact, in the next couple of years. I've got two more questions for you, David. Do you use your own tech to engage with investors? Can investors watch an investor presentation using your tech? Yeah, I've given a couple of... Uh, investor presentations already inside Engage, but um, certainly we can invite people in for live presentations. When I um, when I went around pitching actually um, our platform to our investors, I was going around with a VR headset and I'd only talk to people for maybe five or six minutes. And I go, look, I can talk all day, but until you try it, you're not gonna understand. And I, I was sticking them in the headset and the presentation actually happened inside virtual reality now at that stage we didn't have the oculus quest which is a, a very small headset which you can put in your bag i was going around with a pc with a with a cable connected to it and, and a headset as well and it was taking me ages to set up but yeah absolutely like most of my meetings i would say 90 percent of my meetings are actually in vr so what is the final the long-term ambition i don't like the word final um so what's the long-term ambition is it a musk buyout um i'm not even thinking about buyout right now I, I want to disrupt all global communication you know i want to disrupt we shouldn't be having this interview on video platform we should be doing it in in vr or let's engage you know that's really where i want to be where when people talk about communication i want people to say i'll engage with you later that's the aim of uh, the company right now and um, i do want to make sure that the metaverse is very accessible to everybody creatives businesses you know educators everybody should have a stake in the metaverse the same as they can on the internet but i do think that we should learn from some of the mistakes on the internet as well where there's a lot of hate speech and there's a lot of really bad stuff that can happen on the internet i do think we have an opportunity now to reset you know and make sure that the metaverse is a very safe place for business and kids to enjoy in the future I look forward to our next interview then. Who knows where we will be? David Whelan, Chief Executive of Engage XR Holdings PLC. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Sarah.